When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blue Talks. So, first of all, let's bring on our guest, Trish Brennett. Really excited to have you here with us, Trish. And uh, you get a, got a chance to meet Elise backstage. Trish, what we usually like to do, how we start this off, is to get you to tell us a little bit about your backstory, uh, rather than us reading a bio, and just to get to know you a little bit better. And I always say to people, don't worry about how much or how little, because we're going to dive in deeper anyway. So this whatever you want to share about your backstory. We will dive in deeper. Sounds great. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on this platform. I'm so excited to be here. So yes, my name is Trish Bennett. I'm the founder of a passion project called Build Yourself Back Up. It's a platform that I'm using to speak about mental health. I personally struggled with depression for 25 years of my life, and it took a lot of my life to get it back on track. And what I want to do is get out and speak more about mental illness and show others that you can get out of the depths of depression and build yourself back up. You don't even look old enough to have 25 years of depression. Yeah. Just telling you that right now. So whatever you're doing right now is working, girl. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Like, did she start at two? Did I? No, I started at 13 was when I knew. 13 was when I knew that I was not okay. I was really sad and was having the uncomfortable thoughts about my future. Mm. Wow. I'm trying to do the math in my head, but it's not important. I'm 38 years old. Well, you look fantastic. Thank you. I had done the math in my head, and I was going to say you don't look 38 at all. So there you go. Wow. Thank you. Uh, And, and, you know, I feel like, well, I mean, we'll go there. But I was going to say, like, for me, people always ask me, like, because I I get told I don't look my age a lot, and I'll take that as a compliment. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm 45. And when people say that, and Shelly, my girlfriend, she hears the same thing, but I always say it's because I take vitamin P every day. And so for those of you who don't know what vitamin P is, uh, vitamin P for me is what I call passion and purpose. It's basically, I say the vitamin you can't buy in any store, but it's probably the most powerful vitamin you'll ever take, which is that when you found your purpose, i.e. your why, you're going to not, I, in my opinion, their why. And look at them all. We're like, how are they still not looking their age? And of course, you could make the argument that some might be using plastic surgery, but there's a lot of male actors, like Clint Eastwood is an example. I mean, he's looked 80 since he was 20, but he hasn't aged since he was 20. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, but a lot of these actors were like, how is that person 10 years older now? And, you know, I'm talking the ones that aren't even with plastic surgery. And I think it's because actors have found their calling. Most actors love what they do. So that's just a side note. But I think when you found your purpose, this is a side note for people Take your vitamin P. If you found your purpose, which again is your vitamin P, uh, it'll make all the difference in the world. You won't be as sick as often. You won't have colds as often. People say, I love being around you. You always seem to be full of energy as often. Uh, So I just want to add that in. So at least I'll let you jump in. 
I know, because I just want to add one little thing, Trish, and then it's back to you. So I hear what you're saying, Corey, and I get that. But I also get where Trish is coming from, because a lot of my clients that I coach are also not even recognizing that it's possible to have a purpose. So it's one thing that... Once you know that it's possible, that there's a purpose for you and that you have value and you can connect your value to purpose, that's like a a step even before that. So I just want to honor the fact that when you're in a state of like not even really wanting to be in the pain anymore, um, purpose is a concept that seems unattainable to a lot of people. And so I think it's important to know that we all have the potential to recognize that we have a purpose, but it's getting there is the first, is one of the first steps. And you may, I don't know your opinion on that, Trish, but I'm, you know, I welcome your opinion on that. I absolutely agree on both. I think that when you find your purpose, you just go forward in life. You feel healthy, you feel vibrant. And when you feel that your body becomes that, but you're right, Elise, you have to get through the dark days to find the bright moments and, and the future that you're supposed to live. Yeah. So I just want to like shout out to people who are in a state of, you know, just not recognizing that yet, or I call it out of alignment from yeah. their value and their purpose, that it's okay. It's all part of the it's all part of the journey and the process, but there is, you know, it is a journey. So yes. just letting you all know that it's okay if you don't know it and you don't have it yet, you're still okay. <laughs> well, and, and to add to that, because I don't want to leave it, of course, you know, untouched, let's say, it's a great point because I just jumped in and gave sort of the end game answer. Yes. But uh, my book is called The Book of Why and How. The book is dedicated to what you're talking about, at least. Like it's, it talks about how until my mid-20s, I fought anxiety, hypochondria. I shared this here many times, but battled hypochondria for three, two and a half, three years, fought anxiety generalized for two and a half, three years, so almost five years of my life. And until I was in my mid-20s, I didn't even know there was such a thing as passion or purpose or any. I didn't even know what the words meant, to be honest. Right. And I hadn't even heard the word passion, which is strange to me, until my mid-20s. And so having said all that, I didn't know what that meant either. And I discovered it through stand-up comedy, which turned into me discovering speaking, which was my passion, which helped me find my purpose. But I wrote a book on it because of the fact that I knew for those 20-some years, that was even a glimpse of my mind. So just to back up what you said, I'm going to 100% agree as well that there is multiple steps, at least one, but probably multiple steps before you ever get to there. I just want people to know that I didn't know, and I'm sure same with maybe all three of us, but I didn't know what it felt like or what it could feel like, and I didn't know what I was missing. But now that I do know... I want people to know there is something out there that can make you feel like this is why I'm here. Yeah. And even, and even with purpose, we still have moments. I always say I didn't get a get out of being human free card because I know what I know. (laughs) I am still human. I still have old tapes that sort of creep up sometimes old files that I thought I deleted or weeds that I thought weeds I pulled and they still show up. So it's okay. You know, it's just becoming aware. Yeah. And so Trish, this is a, I mean, this is probably an important follow-up to that right away is how did that happen for you? So yes. in other words, you know, we're, you, you talked about what happened to you and mm-hmm. where you're at, and then now you're not there now. So or from what you said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah. Like how did you build yourself back up? Girl? You That's back what we want to know. <laughs> well, the first step honestly was finally acknowledging that I was depressed, which was the hardest. One of the hardest steps was saying, okay, girl, like we've got some some stuff going on here and we need to fix it. So when I realized that I was suffering with depression, I seeked help. I got a counselor 
And I started working through my stuff, all of my feelings. And I didn't realize that I was going to be opening up a can of worms when I started addressing my stuff. It really just exploded. I went through a huge phase of healing and writing and crying. Uh, that was at the beginning of a divorce. So I did have a pivotal moment that in my life where things changed completely on me. I was a stay-at-home mom when I left my husband. I had no job. I had moved my kids and I into a friend's place. And that was my moment. That was my rock bottom. And I knew the only way I was going to get out of here was to build a pathway and, and climb it out. And so when I got to that point, I was using tools and techniques that were actually helping me become a better person or helping me think better thoughts or even show up better for family and friends. And when I started taking those tools, the ones that worked for me, I kept incorporating them in other areas of my life. And I would read more books and I would do more podcasts and listen and just take and absorb all the information. And when it resonated, I applied it. And when it worked, I kept going. And I would say that it took me a solid three years to get from the lowest point to a point where I could actually get out of bed, shower, eat without it being a struggle and, and start my day off right. So, I mean, well, welcome. Again. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I think the takeaway there too, Trish, is that it may not be a quick fix. It may not be an overnighter, but it is worth it. And I, before, before I get too far into this, I want to mention one thing I usually mention off the top. Uh, for those um, of you watching, listening, if you have any comments, if you have questions for Trish, please feel free to post them in the comments below. Uh, also, your comments, it's a double win because we typically do draws for books, and it's usually from the people who comment it. Or if you share it and put a comment, uh, we usually draw books there. But the bigger part of that is if you have questions for Trish, please put them now so that way at the end of the interview we can post them to Trish. But to circle back to what you just said, Trish, yeah, I mean – I love the fact that you said it wasn't overnight. Now, for me, and I'm not going to make this about me, I'll just say it. For me, it was a lot quicker, and I think it's because I discovered my passion basically overnight. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't that everything dissipated overnight or disappeared overnight, but it started quickly. And, and of course, I was dealing with something different. I, I think depression and anxiety are two opposite ends of the spectrum. My thing was I was fidgety all the time. I couldn't sleep well. I was like, go, go, go. Whereas I know, obviously, I, my, my past girlfriend, I was dealing with anxiety and she was dealing with depression and it was challenging. Yeah. Her, you know, her side was she was struggling to get out of bed. Me, I was, my challenge was staying in bed. I was like doing flipping cartwheels and I couldn't slow down. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think it's important to recognize too what you're going through and perhaps anxiety. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but maybe anxiety if you find, well, I don't even know. I don't want to speculate in that. So I'll just say that, um, yeah, I'm glad you put that out there because. Some people might think, well, I tried for three days to meditate, mm -hmm. and I'm better yet. And I yeah. love that you said it took time from the lowest of lows to get to even just where you felt. I, there's a reason I'm here. Absolutely. Love it. And now you're helping others find their I, way. And you know what? That's my passion. And when I found it, like Corey said, like things completely changed for me. I felt like I could get out of bed and, and start a day off right. I would make my bed. I would shower. I would eat. I would get out. And not only that, I was coming home at the end of my day at work and still going and wanting to do more. And that's exciting to me. And I think Corey's right. Like we have to mention that it, it's not overnight. Dealing with mental health is something that you have to work at and become better with. I don't necessarily think there's cures for it. I think there's ways to manage it. We always will have emotions 
It's can we manage them? Can we handle the hard situations? How do we do it? We're always going to have our ups and downs. It's how we get through it. Right. And becoming aware, like recognizing, okay, this is how I'm feeling. So what is it that I'm perceiving and looking at that's showing up in this light? And how can I now, this is the whole flip your script concept. How can I flip my script and say, okay, so this is an analogy that came up here at at Manatee Landing Retreat. You know, I always get these downloads and I'm like, oh my God, that was a good one. I'm just going to like write that down. So I, can I use the word shit? Yeah. um, No, you can't. We're live. Crap. That's the best Crap. We'll use the word crap. Sorry. Ask the question and now you've said it. So yes, you can. Okay, so we're going to, so when you fertilize your garden, right, like all these things that you want to grow in your life, you use cow dung and you use like horse manure, right? You use mm-hmm. the, the, the crap to fertilize and grow this incredible garden in your life, right? So we have all this crap that shows up in our life because it just kind of does. And when we look at it, it's stinky and it's yucky. So if we use the crap to recognize what we do want and then fertilize what we do want with the crap. Mm -hmm. So when you flip your script, you say, this is what I don't want. I wouldn't plant these seeds in my garden, but I can use the crap to fertilize the seeds that I do want to have grow. And you, you can, we can use it as an opportunity to say, if I know that I don't want this, what is it that I would prefer? Yes. Like, what is it that maybe I would enjoy a little bit more? You don't have to dive in and grow grow your whole garden. Just one little seed of thought, right? And so I love that analogy. Just use the shit in your life to fertilize the stuff that you want to grow. Yeah. And you need duality to know what you like and what you don't like. So when you sit in the, the crap, then you're like, okay, this doesn't feel good. So what does feel good? And then you go out and figure it out. And for me, I tried a lot of different things to figure out what worked for me. And I had to deal with the thoughts of failure, but that was another mindset thing. It's not failure, it's experience. Everything in life is opportunity if we choose to view it that way. So when I changed my mindset and said, okay, me getting stuck in traffic and being late for this appointment, it's an opportunity for patience. All right, I'm going to take this moment for that. So I think that's another thing too, is you got to see that what you're dealing with isn't to hurt you or harm you. It's to actually make you better. Yes. And and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like the perspective, like how are we viewing it? Because it's the perspective that's the reality. Yeah. So when you shift your perspective, <laughs> I put on a podcast or I put on something I want. Or Abraham Hicks is my big go-to if I'm yeah. in traffic or whatever. But yeah, it's always an opportunity. Like, look, if you didn't go through all those years of what you went through, would you have found the purpose that you have right now? Probably not, right? Absolutely not. Well, I would have nothing to speak about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Someone that hasn't been through it. So right. when I tell my story and they see my vulnerability and they see the emotions behind the actual experience and the actual hurt and pain that I went through, they're like, I know she did it because I feel it and I went through it too. Yeah, I get you, girl. I was paralyzed at 18. So, and I've had my run of, yeah, I had an autoimmune disease that affected my peripheral nerves. So it was a slow process of becoming paralyzed, which didn't paralyze my brain and my awareness, but it physically. So it was a very, very scary experience. And I even, and I have to say, even now, like however many years later, we didn't discuss my age. So we'll just say however many years later, I still recognize moments where an old, the, an old script or an old file still is kind of stuck in that drive. And I get that feeling or that fear, you know, that not to trust your body. 
yeah. you know, you talk about hypochondria, uh, Corey, and it's not that so much. It's this trust, right? When all of a sudden you're fine and then your body starts to shut down, that's an internal thing. But that's like, you know, what do you do about that? And mm-hmm. so I even find now, but you know what's really interesting, Trish, is that when that happens to me, I recognize how old I am when I'm feeling that. Like, I'm not my now age. I'm actually the 18-year-old or the 19-year-old. I recognize the shift in me when certain feelings come up when they're old. And I'm like, mm, she's still around. You know, she's still, she hasn't gotten the update that we're all good now, you know? So having a conversation where they're going, hey, look, look around, look what we're creating. Like, we're okay. We've made it from there to here. Yeah. So, I mean, I still experience moments where, you know, I'm like, oh, Really? Yes. Well, at the beginning of my healing, I heard the expression that we're like onions. We're just going to peel back the layer after layer. And so when I thought that I had finished the layer of healing, I'm like, oh, I'm so good. Everything feels good. And then a week later, I get hit with another trigger and I'm like, what's going on? And so, yeah, like there are moments where I will have a trigger through my kids because the age that they're at, I experienced something that wasn't so great. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm in that moment when I was nine years old and I'm trying to heal something for for 20 years ago. Yes, but it's great because they're a mirror. You get all these like little mirrors that show up and it's awesome. And another thing too is I was speaking with Sue, what's her last name, Cardone? Sue, Susan, she does, she's, she teaches, she works with parents, conscious coaching with parents. Okay. Oh, I don't remember her last name. Sorry, Susan. Uh, Sue, I'll, I'll, I'll go look at it. But anyway, so we talked about that because that's another thing too that happens when we as adults go through a process growing and then we look at our children and see them going through something. And, and we, t- I did this. I tended to project how I thought I would feel if I was him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I was eight and I was going through that, I would certainly be hurt or sad or scared, but that wasn't his experience. I was kind of projecting my nine-year-old experience or my eight-year-old experience. So as a parent, when you become aware like you are, it's a gift for the child because we, you won't be projecting your trauma and your experience on them. You recognize that it's the little girl in you. Exactly. And every child, the way that they experience and express it's so different than when we are adults. So when we see what we used to experience, it was much bigger. Sometimes it's just much bigger than it really was. But the feeling of it, the experience is still that heavy. Right. Exactly. Go ahead, Corey. It's all you. No, no, I, I was just going to add a couple of comments that we had uh, as we're talking through this. Um, one of them uh, people that uh, will hear this name will know uh, that she's my mother. <laughs> and uh, so Nancy, Doucette, oh, she put, uh, I'm bipolar and I've suffered mental illness since 1986 without a relapse. So this subject is of interest to me. And so uh, I want to just add, because this is maybe a, a, something that could help somebody. I've shared this story before on here, in fact. And uh, Trish, one thing I want to make sure we ask you too is about, some of the things you practice outside of, you mentioned learning and, you know, feeding your mind and stuff like that. I want to ask you about uh, some other things that you may have done, but with my mother, one of the things I've shared the story and it's, it's so powerful to me, but she went into, um, now this is separate from uh, her bipolar, but she had uh, cancer for a number of years and she went into her cancer doctor and he wrote her a prescription and uh, on a piece of paper. And basically the prescription was don't watch or read the news. <laughs> 
talked to him about it. He said that the patients that uh, he had with that had the stronger chance of basically conquering cancer was the ones that didn't watch the negative news on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. so the other side, it's hard for us to think about it, as you said, when we're in the bubble, but I feel like there's actually strategies and things we can do, and it might be harder to do them. For example, meditation might be harder when you have anxiety or depression, but I believe that you slowly, as you kind of said, hack away at it. You slowly, it's a slow development, but even the watch is like going on a news detox. And I've talked about this in here before, but I believe even just going on a news detox, it might not be a major difference to somebody who's struggling, but I think you'll start to see little differences. But anyway, I'd love to get your take on things that you may have done or think like, for example, meditation or maybe even certain foods you ate or anything that or you EFT. Did, yeah, or EFT that helped. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I used a lot of tools. When I first started writing was my first tool. I could not stop. There was a moment in time where I wrote for two days straight and then I slept for 24 hours. I just got it all out. So writing was my my number one tool. Talking was my second tool. And when I realized that I was starting to shed away what was no longer serving me, I was able to start seeing other things. So I tried the EFT tapping. I've done the summits. I did meditation. When I first started meditation, it went well. But then I noticed that during meditation, all the thoughts of the things that I needed to let go of were were surfacing. So meditation wasn't serving a purpose of calm and peace at that time, but it was showing me the areas in my life that I needed to heal. So I used it for that. And then eventually meditation became something that I could do to step out of my body and just enjoy space and and silence. Other things that I've done, uh, I've done coaching. Uh, I did counseling. I've uh, reached out to different programs where I did mindset work. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my mindset. What I noticed for me, it's not a quick, okay, I don't want to think that I'm not worthy anymore. I want to think that I am. I could not actually jump to one to the other. I had to take these steps. So I took a program called uh, Feminine Power where they taught you that you start with the I am statement that I am not enough. And then it becomes I'm becoming enough. I believe I'm enough. And I took those steps. And when I started believing the new I am statement, I knew I was ready for the next one to start incorporating. And eventually I'm now, I'm I'm enough. I don't even have to question it, right? Like it's, it's now who I am. So it was all these little things that I had to do to recognize the things that I needed to change. And it just was a constant every day. And, and it was really a lot of inward work, a lot of inward work. I love that easing into an affirmation. So I'm a big intention mind seeds. I've created these mind seeds for flip your script. We have thought weeds that turn into belief weeds that when we pull, we can replant with mind seeds and mind seeds are neutral. Like I'm ready to recognize that I'm enough. You don't Mm -hmm. have to believe that but you know that you're ready to recognize, right? And then I'm ready to be ready to feel like I'm enough. So it's about easing yourself into believing because it's all about belief and you can't fool yourself into believing something that we don't believe, forget it, girl. So I'm just like, can you suspend your disbelief? You don't even have to believe it, but suspending the disbelief sometimes is just even easier to ease into Anything's possible when I believe it is. Yes. And I love how they eased you into the belief. So now you can, now you believe it. And we know when we believe it, we know when we're trying to fake ourselves out. (laughs) That's like, you're full of 
crap. Yeah. Right. The back of the mind's going, yeah, you're looking in the mirror saying you're enough. And they're like, really? When did that happen? Because I haven't mm -hmm. felt that like my whole life. <laughs> yes. And not only would my mind show me, but I started to get so aware that my body would, would shoot off little aches and pains here and there when I would hear a thought yep. that didn't resonate with me. And, and then I'd be like, oh, not only did I hear it, but my heart ached. So that is something that I need to work on. And then when I was starting to believe the good stuff and I would hear it without actually practicing it, I would feel that energy. I know that you know what I'm talking about, the, the universal energy that just loves to flow through your body. So I could tell that things were changing, not only when I could hear it, but when I felt it in my body. You know what? That's a huge awareness that many people, that's right there. That's a mind seed for everybody who's listening live or the replay. I want to make note. I want you to make note and I welcome you to recognize that when you're in chronic pain for all these years, it's your body letting you know that you have an opportunity to recognize your value unconditionally and something along the way has been turned into emotional plaque and the only way that it's getting your attention is your body's letting you know. And when it hits you in a place that's really, really meaningful, that means that you've there. it's finally got your attention because it starts as that awareness. If we all had the awareness that, oh, it's in my shoulder or in my chest or in my gut or in my throat, and we knew what that meant, we would get it right away. And we wouldn't need the big, long, drawn out diseases that we have. Mm -hmm. I have a client of mine who she's into um, cricket making, like making the vinyl and really cute stuff and everything. And so she uses her hand and that hands and that's where she finds her joy. She's been in chronic pain. She's in a relationship that's really not working for her. Hasn't been. She knows. Ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. And now her hands are shooting pain and she can't even do what she loves. And I'm like, girl, hello. Whoever the big, whatever the big something is or the universe or source or whatever it is that's getting your attention was like, you know what? We're just going right for the source. Yeah. Now you can't ignore it. You can <laughs> ignore the neck pain for 20 years. You can ignore this, you know, your I, IBS for 15 years. You can ignore, you were good at like just living with that, but you're yeah. not going to live without the ability to create. Absolutely. And I personally suffered with ulcerative colitis for about eight years and when I started clearing away my depression my colitis left I haven't been on medication for over four years and I was told that if yeah if I were to clear it away I would not live with it and I didn't believe it at first and now I am a full believer and yep. I, I it's, it's incredible if you get all of that out of your body everything else just leaves well, the, it's a physical, energetic manifestation of emotional and mental hygiene that is waiting to be attended to. You know, and it builds, I believe, an emotional plaque. So I'm an EFT practitioner, and I use a recognize, release, and then restory the limiting beliefs and where the mindset. Yeah. So the EFT helps you get in. I call it dental floss for emotional plaque. <laughs> Because right. where the plaque builds up, it starts to manifest in disease. So it becomes right resistant, full, yeah. heavy, weighted, and it has to go somewhere because it's that energy that's just manifested and we have a body and it's connected. So I love your story, Trish. I think it's so powerful for anyone that's listening who is dealing with any sort of dis-ease in, in a physical sense mm -hmm. to recognize that that is just your inner child, your inner wisdom, letting you know and trying to get your attention, but it just isn't screaming it in your ear. Yes. 
exactly. <laughs> I'll add in too. I'm just going to uh, mention another comment here. And then I want to tell you guys about something that I, I don't, as we said before on here many times, I'm not a big coincidence person. I believe if anything, it's a meaningful coincidence. In other words, a synchronicity. But uh, first of all, Leanne mentioned or commented, absolutely every experience creates awareness. Thanks for sharing your story, Trish. So I just wanted to let you know, Trish, that she gave you a shout out. And what I wanted to add is it's it's interesting. I'm watching right now, or I was last night, Kendra Kincaid was one of our Blue Talk speakers. I was watching her talk. You know, we're getting ready to air it. I think it's coming out in three weeks, I want to say. We sent it to schedule today. But her talk, she was um, one of the first female air traffic controllers in Canada. And she has this powerful story about her childhood and, and the negative voice inside her head and how for years she didn't realize that the voice was actually lying to her. So she said for years, she listened to the voice until one day she realized it's not only that's the voice inside my head. She always thought it was her, herself, but she said the voice is actually lying to me. And she said that was kind of the pivotal moment, but what's neat. And it's kind of a shout out for a talk, but it's interesting. We're talking about this now. And I just watched this last night and she gives examples of five ladies that she interviewed and how they got rid of the negative voices. And I should, it's not that they get rid of them, but they were able to basically counter you know, like counter what the negative uh, voices were saying. So they were able to basically, like one of them, she said, faced it head on. Like, so she faced the fear head on. Another one, uh, she said she listens to her father, like what her father would tell her. And that drowns out the voice. And so, you know, long story short is that the other side is we do have those voices that you mentioned, but it's important to recognize, is the voice serving us or not? Is the voice even really helping us like is it actually there to help us uh and then what do we do with that voice like how do we actually quiet that voice down so i'm glad you brought that up because it's front of mind for me right now after having watched it ever after having watched kendra's talk and so if you're listening right now be on the lookout for kendra's talk because she goes really heavily into this so i just want to share that thank you yeah i know a lot to take in <laughs> so Trish, i have a question sure Where so if somebody wanted to like reach out and have a chat and maybe hear your story, share a story that's similar, where can they find you? I do have a website. It's buildyourselfbackup.com. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and I have a YouTube channel. Awesome. So do you do weekly lives, monthly lives? Like what do you, what do we, what can we find on your YouTube channel? Uh, they're going to be pre-recorded videos, so it's all about uh, mindset, depression, how to build yourself back up. And on Facebook, I post uh, stories, I post personal stuff that's going on in my life, and uh, I'm just going to keep expanding from there. So it's kind of like a real-time blog. <laughs> yeah, yes, and I've got articles on my website as well. Awesome. Now, are you coaching one-on-one, -on -one or what? What? How? Do, how are you? Um expanding on your purpose uh, my goal is to become a speaker a very well-known speaker on stage and to share my story through that platform awesome i love it yeah. okay Corey, i asked your questions for you <laughs> well and, and so you know trish as we start to wind down i'd also love to ask you in terms of you know when you work with people when you're talking with people uh, i know we covered a lot of ground here today but i'm curious as well um, what you notice is there, I'm always about the common traits. So is there some common elements you notice 
when people are struggling with that people can be on the lookout for, you know, at least talk about what you're feeling in your body and stuff like that. So are there, you know, is there a common thing or two you notice that people could be on the lookout for that you see happening with most people that struggle with mental illness? Um, I would say that the first sign is shutting things down, shutting people out, shutting out uh, hobbies, maybe not being able to get up and go to work. I think starting to step away from life is your first sign because you're not wanting to live it anymore. And when you start noticing that, then the, I think the next step is to start asking what's going on because there's going to be a trigger. So start asking yourself what these triggers are, what's causing you to not get out of bed, what's causing you to not want to eat, shower, feel good, talk to family and friends. That is going to be your first step. You need to start asking yourself those questions. And then going forward, I mean, if you're going to watch for it in yourself or even other people, you're going to notice the way that they interact with you. Uh, myself, when I was suffering, if I found someone comfortable with, I would just open up. So if someone's giving you a full story, they need to talk. There's something going on and they need to talk. So, you know, if you have the time and the space, sit there and listen. I'm the type of energy that I get strangers come up to me and they will open up about what's going on. And I just hold space for them because they need to let it out. So I think that's something to watch for. And then also the body pain. Like that to me, I, I suffered a Huge. lot of body pain. Yes, uh, a lot of it was in my jaw. I had a TMD and... What I actually learned from that experience that the physical was that I had such strong blocks in my throat chakra. In your my, will. That's yeah, your will. My, my ability to speak and to stand up for myself. And so when I started to stand up for myself personally through depression and then now getting out and talking, all of that pain that I used to experience, it's, it's going away and it's pretty much gone. I so love it. I'd love to ask you, this is the big question, Trish, I usually ask every guest uh, before we let them run, at least ask my other one, but the, and that one obviously is the most common. I always ask everybody how we can connect with them further. Yeah. But the other question that I ask almost every time, and I'm just starting to bring it into the Flip Your Script uh, events as well, is I call it the time machine question. So the time machine question is if you could sit down in front of a younger Trish, like if you could jump into a time machine, go back and talk to that younger Trish, sit across from her and give her one or two pieces of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell younger Trish? Whew. <laughs> I would probably hold her hands, look her right in the eyes and tell her, just get up and try. Just get up and try. Here, tap on your chest while you're saying that. <laughs> I'm ready to like do some tapping with you so you can get it out. I could just see your energy shift when you went to your little girl. Yeah, because when I was younger, getting up and doing anything was hard. And, and as an adult and suffering, that was my motto. It was like, I can't get up and eat. I'm not going to get up. And it was like, just get up and try. Mm -hmm. And now when I'm working towards this passion of mine and I get fear about, you know, doing this interview or getting on stage or doing something, I just tell myself, get up and try. I love that. That's such great advice. And it's great, such great life advice. What I love about it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's the baby steps. You're not telling yourself, get up and do it. Yeah. You're saying, just get up and try. You know, you're, you're just trying. And it's a weird comparison, but whenever I tried stand-up comedy before I found my true calling, when I tried stand-up comedy, I went into it saying, well, I don't have to actually get up on a stage to go to a workshop. So I went to this workshop where I learned about stand-up, and my, I just said, just go to the workshop. You know, so just get up and try. You don't have to actually get on a stage ever. 
And then whenever I got uh, to the last week of the workshop, we were tricked into getting on a stage. And I think a part of me said, just get up and try. The worst that can happen is, you know, you bomb horribly. That's the worst. If you can accept the worst, it's all good from there. But, but I love that analogy, just get up or that, that advice, just get up and try. Because I think, again, it doesn't put all the pressure on get up and knock it out of the park. It's just, just give it a go. See what happens. Yeah, I always do experiments. I'm like, just for the next three days. But I tell my clients, are you ready? I'm like, okay, listen, you already know what it feels like to be where you are. And it kind of sucks, right? So you're you're an expert at it. You can always go back right to where you are right now because you've nailed it. And sometimes you don't even know you're doing it. You're doing it in your sleep. You're doing it like when you, you know, when you're brushing your teeth. Uh, so I'm always like, can you do an experiment? Just for the next three days, I'm giving you permission Okay, to do an experiment, to just, you don't even have to know how. Just try it the way that you think that you want to do it, but you're afraid of doing it. Yeah. Right? Just try it for the next three days. Text me if you need me, whatever. And do an and experiment's easy because it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Right? So I love the trying. And sometimes trying even seems too hard for some of my clients. But I'm like, it's an experiment. I said, you already got this. You've nailed this. We already know what this feels like. We know you can do it. So just do an experiment for the next three days and see, just become aware of how it feels. Are you afraid? What's coming up? Are you frustrated? Does it bring up old sadness? So Mm -hmm. I like the trying and the experiment because it's like temporary. I'm like, just for the next three hours, you know, like we have to ease your way in, but, and then go back. You already got that. Nailed it. You know, we we nailed the depression. We nailed the anxiety. You nailed your chronic pain. So let's just try it the new way for just a couple of days and see how it feels. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And Trish, uh, Leanne, who's been a, a good supporter of you here, uh, put another comment saying. Oh, I need to say hi to Leanne. I think I hi. met her at the Rise Up Challenge. Is it Le- Leanne Fluter? I can't see. Nope. Uh, Leanne, uh, Leanne Pastor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Different oh, hi anyway. Uh, but Leanne said you're a great speaker, Trish. So she's Aww. reaffirming uh, that you are a good speaker. So. Yeah, I look forward to going on YouTube and checking out some of your stuff and hearing your story. And and here's another question that I do ask. And it, we talked about mind seeds. So mind seeds are a little bit different than uh, affirmations. Affirmations are like, this is the way it is. And I'm going to force myself into believing it too much for me. I'm not a big affirmation girl, but mind seeds are that neutral sort of way of thinking that can ease you in. Like I'm ready to feel better about myself. Like, gosh, it would, I think it would feel great to feel better about myself. So those are kind of easy. So if you had a mind seed or a seed of perspective that you could help our viewers plant in their fertile mind to help them maybe flip their internal script a little, what would it be? Um, I would say, and this is a bit on the spiritual side. Go for it that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So when we're in the human body, it's not our natural state. So when we make mistakes or we feel emotions or we're having a hard go, that's normal. We're actually learning to become human from a a spiritual state. So go ahead and make all the mistakes you want. You're supposed to go ahead and try and, and succeed or not succeed. We're supposed to. Every path has a destination, but there's going to be so many avenues that we go down. So just try them all. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for that. I'm planting it right now in the garden that I'm growing. That's called my life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Well, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, Trish. I want to... I want to get our next speaker right on, but I, I just want to honor you and support you. And thank you for being so brave 
in terms of tackling something like this, but also helping other people do it. It's certainly an area that, you know, vulnerable area for a lot of people. So thank you for all the great work you're doing for people and for being the person that's willing to step up and make it happen. Hey, Corey, really quickly, can you, what was your website again or how can they find you? Trish? Oh, mine? Uh, yeah, it's, sorry. sorry. Uh, buildyourselfbackup.com. Can, are you able to put that in quickly? Just so if, when people watch the replay, they'll at least see it. And you know what, Trish, you can go in the comments underneath this live and put in all of your contact information in the comments so people okay. can, so it'll be there like for as long as we're here. Okay. <laughs> well, because it's archived. So even if they go watch the replay, they can yeah. see all the streaming comments and all of your information will be in there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.